familiarity before familiarity often hurts us because we just, oh, yeah, I know that. I've heard that. And there is in Scripture progressive revelation and understanding that the Lord gives. There are scriptures I've read all of my life that I'll read again and the Lord will illuminate something to me. He'll connect it with some other scripture in his word. And then I get greater understanding about a thing from a scripture I've read many, many times. This is the work of the spirit of God in our lives, revealing the word to us, as Brother Lewis was talking about with the seed and the revelation of the spirit. And I'm thankful for that. And. So this verse is so critical, and it's never been more critical than this hour right now. You've been hearing a lot of mention of this hour, this time, this day. This is not some um, attempt of men. It is simply a declaration of men of what we are feeling of the Holy Ghost in this hour. It is the time for the church to be the church like never before. I know that I've said that recently, and I'm probably going to say it again. We must be who we're called to be in this hour. I understand that we have circumstances and situations of life that we face and we must deal with and we must navigate. And we must do those things. We must do them in the fear of God, in alignment with the Word of God. But while doing so, we must give heed to the call of God and the work of the kingdom of God. There will always be some reason why tomorrow would be a better day. There would always be some reason why next week I'll start. Or there will always be some reason why, well, once I get past this, then. Or once this, then. Someone please hear today. Now is the time. Now is the time to be the church. Now is the time to walk in our calling. I'm not going to talk about that here. Please go listen to the first session this morning, first service this morning. Um, I, I, but notice this verse. This is a pattern for prayer. We've taught a lot about praying the kingdom. We need the kingdom of God, the dominion of God operative. We need it to come, the king's dominion. We understand we can't pray the next part of this until the first part is settled. God's will will not be done outside of God's dominion. Okay, these are things we know, so I'm not expounding there. We've taught about them many times. But we need the dominion of God to come. I'm not concerned with the governments of men. I'm not concerned with the governments of men. I'm only concerned with the government of God. His kingdom. His kingdom. He controls the hearts of kings. He holds them in his hand to turn them whithersoever he will. I have the word of God to stand on that way. So I'm not concerned with the governments of men. What I'm concerned with in this hour is the kingdom of God. <coughs> Excuse me. His dominion coming. And so this is important. I want you to notice something about the kingdom very quickly. Jesus in another place spoke when men were seeking the kingdom. He was preaching about the kingdom. The scripture says that Jesus came preaching the kingdom, his dominion. And he said that the kingdom is not here or there. But the kingdom of God, the place of God's dominion is within you. It's within you. So we know then thereby, and we can look at multitude of scripture, but we're not for sake of time this morning. We know that when we begin to pray, when we truly, under the leading of the spirit of God, begin to pray, and all of us should, 
All of us should, in this hour especially, be praying, Thy kingdom come. What we are praying there is that the dominion of God would rule and reign in our lives. We talked about it last week, of the dying to ourselves. What are we doing? That, that's necessary so that I'm not seeking to exercise my dominion, but I'm yielding to His dominion. I'm giving the one who rightfully owns me, if I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, who rightfully owns me, I'm letting His, He has dominion over my life. He chooses what I do with my time. He chooses what I do with my day. He chooses these things for me because I'm no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. I am under the king's dominion. Thy kingdom come. Why did he, why did he teach us that this is a pattern we should use daily? Well, because daily we're going to wake up and we're going to want to do what I want to do. And so I've got to get to a place where, like the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. What is that? That was getting to a place where the king had dominion in his life every day. So this is first in this pattern here. The second part's where we're going, but if we don't get this first part right, the second part we can't really honestly pray it and see it. God's not going to do his will in my dominion. Does this make sense? We often want this, right? God bless this thing I'm doing. God bless my, God bless my, God bless my. We've all prayed that, haven't we? Well, it's okay to pray that as long as I'm praying according to His will. And I'm under His dominion. Now, I have the word for things he wants to do, and so I can pray his word over my family, over my job, over situations, and know that, you know what, I'm praying according to the will of God. But his dominion, his kingdom, it's within you. The kingdom of God is within you. What he's saying is where I want to have dominion is in the throne of your heart. I want to rule and reign on the throne of your life. If you'll allow me to rule and reign upon the throne of your heart, the throne of your mind, the throne of your being, if you'll allow me to be the king in that dominion, my will will be done. See, if I, if I believe I can pray the will of God to be done, or the will of God just happens, I'm being deceived. If I think it just happens... I understand I have to pray it, but I have to pray it in his dominion. If I want to live my life and expect his will to be done in my life, but I'm the one in charge, I'm wasting breath. He has to have dominion in my life. He has to have dominion in my life. All right. I didn't plan to spend that long there, but there we are. If you. If you want the will of God in your life, and I believe we do. If you want. Now, the will of God, here's what we have to understand. Where we're going, we're just going to fast forward really quick now. The will of God in my life is him using me the way he wants to, to bring about his will in the earth. We often make the will of God very much about how it benefits me. I want the will of God for my job so that it benefits me and so it gets it. And 
And I want the will of God in my relationship so that it benefits me and I have good relationships and things aren't bumpy and things are. Well, no, sometimes the will of God's really, 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 really bumpy. Rocky and turbulent. So I need to understand when I'm praying the will of God, it's not I want it for benefiting me. It will. It will benefit mine in your life. But I'm wanting the will of God so that God gets what he wills. You see the difference, distinction there? I'm not wanting the will of God for me, me, me. I'm wanting the will of God so that God gets what he wills. And I want to be in the part of it. However, he wants to do his will in my life and through my life. I want to be a part of it. But I understand that may not always be pleasant for me. I'm okay with that. If he's in dominion. And his will's done. The apostle Paul said. He was praying about a thorn in his flesh. And he asked the Lord three times that he would remove this thorn in the flesh. And the Lord basically said no. And the Lord responded to Paul and said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, okay, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. What? I'm going to glory in my infirmities so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What was he saying? This is what I see there in plain English. He's saying, if this infirmity in my flesh allows the will of God to happen through my life, then I'm going to celebrate this infirmity that I'm dealing with in my flesh because God's will is being done through it. It may not be comfortable for me, but the will of God is being done. And what I want is the will of God to be done. We've got to get to that place by the grace of God. And it takes the grace of God. That's why he's told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Grace enables me to live with what life brings by the hand of God so that the will of God is done through my life. Grace, I'm going to say that again. Grace enables me to live with what comes my way so that the will of God can be continually done through my life. That's what he told Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. Paul, my grace is sufficient for what you're going through. You understand, when you you remember I said at the beginning, I'm thankful for this gift of His Spirit. The Holy Ghost, that gift is called the Spirit of Grace. The Spirit of Grace. All right, so. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. How many of you have ever prayed that before? Raise your hand if you've ever prayed that any once or 20 times. Look at that. All through this room, we prayed that verse. It's not complicated in terms of what we read there. We're praying the will of God to be done in the earth as it already is. One one place reads as it already is in heaven. So the will of God is established. It's already established. But the will of God being done is different than it being established. How many of you know along the journey you've missed the will of God? 
Look at that, all of us. Does that mean the will of God wasn't established? No, we knew it was, it was established. That's how we knew we missed it. Ah, I missed the established will of God. Some people say the perfect will of God. God doesn't have a perfect will and an imperfect will, sort of perfect. His will is always perfect. He has a will. He doesn't have like a perfect will, and then if you miss it, this is sort of my next will. Now, he adjusts when we miss the will of God in his great grace and mercy. When we miss the will of God, and we all do, and we will, he doesn't go, you missed it, boom. See you later. Let me find some. No, no. When we miss the will of God, if we'll fall on him and be broken, that rock, then he brings us back into alignment with his will. And he uses where we missed his will to teach and train us. And then he uses that for his purpose and his will as we go forward. That's the beauty and the wisdom of God. Isn't that precious? That just because I failed, he doesn't write me off. He says, you missed my will. But if you'll fall on me and be broken... I'll use where you missed it to teach you. And then I'll use it in the will of God. Right? So this is what he does. And so so we've all missed the will of God. We recognize we've missed the will of God. So we're identifying there is an established will of God. But just because it's established, we have all identified, doesn't mean it's done. Because it can be established, but to be done, someone has to do it. Amen? Someone has to do the will of God. God's will, let me say it this way, God's will has to be done through someone. We, we need to get this, I, I know I'm being a little repetitive, but I feel the Spirit wanting to make sure we get this in our thinking. He's trying to shift our perspective about the will of God. We make it so, I'm guilty. We make it so much about me. What's good for me? No, it's about what's good for God. What fulfills what He wants? Brother Lewis, do you ever turn to your wife and say, Hey, what would you like for lunch today? Bad example. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> Are you guys ever deciding you're going to go out to eat and you turn to her and say, hey, where would you like to eat? He does that. Yeah, yeah. What what is he doing? He's saying, what's your will? Yeah. Now, he may not say, what's your will for where we eat? But right, that's what he's saying. He's turning to her and saying, what would you like to eat? He's deferring maybe is a word. Or he's genuinely, I hope he's doing that genuinely. Right? Now, he may say, what would you like to eat? And she might say, what would you say? Tacos. All right, so she's going to say, da-da-da-da, taco truck. And he may say, oh, well, I was thinking a bowl of pho sounded really good. And she may say, oh, yeah, you know, but I really want tacos. I was craving tacos today. And he's like, man, you know, pho is sounding really good to me. What if we grab pho now and then maybe for dinner or maybe next later? What's he doing? He's heard her will. But he already had a predetermined will. And now he's trying to influence her with his will. You with me? 
Do we do this with God? Sure we do. He has a will. And so when I'm praying, thy will be done, it's not about what's good for me, or but it's about what do you want? And how can what you desire be done? And how can I be a vessel and a conduit through which it's done? I just want to be, do my part in, so that your will is fulfilled. Right? So, we're taught to pray this. Where, where are we praying for his will to be done? Not a trick question. Where? Notice the choice of words here. And it's interesting to me. It's in multiple places. Thy will. Every word in scripture matters, doesn't it? Thy will be done. Notice he said in. In. Where's the kingdom of God? It's, it's where? It's in you. I quoted that, right? It's not here. It's not there. It's in you. You're settling the dominion issue in you. You got that settled. Now... I want the will of God to be done in earth. See, here's what we do. Here's exactly. I, I, I don't want to assume, but I just got the sense because we're human. That many of us, we pray this prayer. Lord, do your will in the earth. Do your will in the valleys. Do your will in Mattawa. Do your will in. In Union Gap. Do your will in Selah. Yeah? I, and I pray that way. And I'll keep praying that way. But we need to understand what the Lord Jesus was teaching us. The pattern. Thy kingdom come. It's in you. Thy will be done in. Oh, here's why we struggle with that. We struggle with the fact that God would want to do His will in us, that we could be a vessel through which the will of God is accomplished in the earth. It's in you. Watch this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's already established in heaven. He's just wanting it in the earth. And so He's trying to get you and I postured. And I feel this so strongly now more than ever in my lifetime. He's trying to get us postured so that His will could be done in the earth. The established will of God could be done in the earth. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 4. Yes, is that where I want to be? I hope so. Yes. Verse number 7. Or no, let's go back. Verse 5. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. Watch. For we preach not ourselves, but we preach, assume, we preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, verse 6, who commanded the light... 
to shine out of darkness, what has he done? He has shined in our hearts to give, he did it with a purpose, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, watch what he says here. But we have, who has? We have. We have this treasure, where's it at? It's where? <laughs> it's in you, it's in me. We have this treasure in. What type of vessel are you? Some of you are starting to see this. This is new to me, but I'm in earthen vessels. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. God, what did he do? God formed man of the dust of the ground, the earth. One place he said he was of the earth, earthy. A strange scripture, but that's what it reads. Man was of the earth, earthy. You've heard that before? God formed man of the dust of the ground. The apostle Paul said, we have this treasure, that gift. When you're baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it's a treasure, pearl of great price. We have this treasure, and of all places, it's in earthen vessels. Why would God put a great treasure in a vessel of earth? Why would he put a great treasure? That word translates in some places a fragile clay pot. A fragile vessel made out of earth. Here's why. So that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When you and I settle the dominion issue and we begin praying, Thy will be done where? In earth. I'm acknowledging that he has dominion of my life and I'm asking him and giving him permission and praying that the will of God would be done in this earthen vessel as it already is in heaven. I'm praying the will of God into Selah, into Union Gap, into Mattawa, into these valleys, wherever he leads me to pray it. And I'm, when I'm praying that, your will be done in those places in the earth. I'm saying this earthen vessel is available to you for your will of God to be performed through. I'm making myself available. I'm praying your will. And in so doing, I'm not just praying do it while I go about my life. I've been guilty of that. Do your will, Lord. Man, I have. I've been praying for the will of God all week. Now, I haven't, I haven't yielded and been available to the will of God, but I've spent every day this week praying for the will of God. And therein comes the disconnect why we don't see the established will of God in the earth. Because we must see and know and believe and realize it's always been His plan to fulfill His will through you and through me. We are the earth, the earthen vessels. I can't just pray, thy will be done, and sit back and God do it. He has bound himself. It's a different Bible study for a different time, but it's in here. 
He has bound himself to working through men, mankind, men and women. He's bound himself to do that. You understand this? This is a scriptural example. The apostles, before he was the apostle Paul, on the road to Damascus, great light shines down, right? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, who you persecute. Well, man, the Lord Jesus struck him down on the road to Damascus, spoke to him. He didn't need anything else, did he? He was converted. Oh, he did. He needed a man. Why didn't God just say, let me do everything right now? Because God has bound himself to working through earthen vessels. Saul, go to a street called Straight. There's a man named Ananias that's going to come pray for you. And you read the scripture. The Lord appears to Ananias and says, go to this house and pray for one Saul of Tarsus. He has already seen you in a vision coming in and praying for him. And Ananias went and why did God do that? I mean, he had all of Saul's attention on the road, didn't he? He's bound himself to working through earthen vessels. And what we do, if I pray thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, and then I don't let him have dominion and I'm not the available vessel, I'm removing myself from participating in the will of God. It's convenient to pray and then go about my life. It's a different matter when I say, thy will be done in earth. Your established will that's already done in heaven. I'm praying for that will to be done in earth. Not to my benefit, for the glory of God. That the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. We've got this treasure in an earthen vessel. And when I begin to pray the will of God in the earth, I'm saying, God, your will, what you've already established in the heavens to accomplish in these valleys, what you've already established in the heavens to accomplish in my workplace, what you've already established in the heavens to do. So I submit myself as an earthen vessel. I can't produce it, but I'm praying your will in earth as it's already established in heaven. And when you take this earthen vessel to the job, let me be an available conduit for your will in earth as it already is in heaven. You understand, I'm not making you the earth. You understand that? But we are made of earth. We are earthen vessels. And so we've got to be willing participants in the will of God. And there's this disconnect oftentimes between being a willing participant and just being a praying participant. And if I'm praying but I'm not a willing participant... I'm not sure I'm really praying this prayer then. Because if he has dominion in my life, I'm going to be a willing participant. I'm going to be a willing participant. Now here, you and I must realize 
God wants to use you. I believe probably that's why more people struggle with verse 10 of Matthew 6 than any other reason. Oh, I, I can pray the will of God in, but I just don't know how he could use me to do his will. I don't see how I could be used to bring about and fulfill the will of God. You got to let, you got to see that. Here's how, a treasure in an earthen vessel. A treasure in an earth. You and I can't in our humanity. But when the treasure's there, when he has dominion in my life, he now directs me and the things I do, I'm not doing of my own ability. It's the spirit which works. And so the Spirit of God is operating through my life, and the will of God is accomplished through an earthen vessel. How in the world is that possible? Only by the Spirit. And so I want to be a willing participant. Now watch what he says, and I'm finishing here. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Let me read a little further. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. Hold on a minute. This sounds like, what's going on here? Well, when I understand the treasures in an earthen vessel, and I'm praying His dominion, His will in this earthen vessel, through this vessel, through you, through me. Use me, God. How do you want to use me? Circumstances and situations will come along that will cause me to be troubled on every side. The earthen vessel's troubled. Yeah? Anybody ever been troubled in your life? Troubled. But the spirit in the vessel, the treasure in the vessel, it's not trouble. It's not troubled at all, is it? It's not distressed, perplexed. That's the earthen vessel. But not in despair. That's the treasure. You see that? Persecuted. That's the vessel. Not forsaken. That's the treasure talking. And so when we real, and you keep reading through that, and you see exactly what the writer was declaring there. When I have this treasure, no matter what circumstances are coming and bringing, I understand those things are going to happen in my life because I'm an earthen vessel. But there's something I can tap into by the Spirit and the instruction of the Word from Matthew 6. I can pray the will of God into the earth. And I can be a conduit even if I'm troubled, perplexed, cast down, persecuted, I can be a conduit for the will of God to operate and be made manifest. Yeah, but my life is not all together. I don't have everything perfect. I've got these problems. I've got these trials. I've got these tests. I've got all this stuff going on. Okay, but get in right dominion. Get in the proper place of who's in authority in your life and pray the will of God through the earthen vessel. You and I are simply the conduit. When Jesus said, this is why he said, pray thy will be done in earth as it already is in heaven. It was about getting you and I postured 
for the Lord to do his work in the earth. Through us. Through you. If you and I are waiting for our lives to be perfect and everything to be this way and that way. Well, when my bank account's this. Well, when my job situation's this. Well, when my family situation's this. Well, once I get this transportation thing. Well, once this happens on the... Well, until... Stop with all of that. That's not the voice of the Spirit of God. That's excuses. That's the adversary trying to keep us from responding and praying and believing and knowing we can and will and should be used in this hour for the will of God to be wrought in the earth. For the will of God to be wrought in the earth. I first have to settle the dominion issue. I can't skip over that. Right? I, it's so critical today. Stand with me, please. I can't skip over that. I have to settle the dominion issue. Daily. Daily. I, I have to settle it. You have to settle it daily. I don't get to some place in my walk with God. It's like, you know, I've been living this way for some, so many years. I don't have to deal with dominion anymore. I, God's always got dominion now. No, I still got flesh. Every day when I wake up, Brother Joel, flesh is there. And so I've got to deal with the dominion issue again. And so what does the Lord do? Those verses we read in 2 Corinthians 4, persecuted, not forsaken, cast down, not destroyed. All of those things that come, that happen to the earthen vessel, They're getting the earthen vessel in a place that recognizes if I'm in dominion, this just doesn't work. When I'm running my own life, it doesn't work. But if I'll get the dominion issue settled and let him rule and reign in my life, even when those things come, the will of God can still be done through this vessel. The will of God can still be done through this vessel. The Lord is needing every and desiring every available vessel in this hour. You are not exempt. I am not exempt. My failures, your failures do not disqualify us from him using us. They simply prepare us. If I'll let them do in me what he wants them to do. If I'll, I think it was uh, Brother Joel that referenced the scripture a week or two ago. If I'll fall on the rock and be broken. Right? This is what happens to me and you. A failure comes and the adversary would use that to say, man, you know, God can't use you now. Just exist. That's deception. No, what happens when failure comes in my life? I can do one of two things. I can be bowed up with pride and go, oh, let me try to cover it. Let me try to, or I can fall on the rock, that's Christ, and be broken. That's the earthen vessel. And then I let the power of the Spirit of God work through my life. And I understand He can use me. He wants to use me. He's wanting to use every vessel 
that would be available to him. You've got to know when you pray, thy will be done in earth. You are praying, I'm making myself available for you to do your will through. I would dare say if you're not praying it that way, you probably just don't need to pray it at all. I want to be available to his will. Don't you? I know you do. I know you do. So know when you're praying that. He's hearing you. He's hearing you. And if you settle the dominion issue and you're praying that, then he'll do it. He'll begin to operate to fulfill his will through your life. And you realize it's an amazing thing. I'm just a fragile clay pot. But the almighty God would work through this fragile clay pot. And I don't disqualify myself because I'm a fragile clay pot. I know exactly what I am. I recognize he wants to use me. I don't understand it. I can't fathom it. I haven't earned it. I don't deserve it. I'm an earthen vessel, so my value is whatever you'd pay for a clay pot, which isn't much. My value is the treasure within. The treasure within. And so when he's using me, I'm aware of that. So I'm not being used with pride and arrogance. I'm in humility. What an amazing thing. That the almighty God himself would take a clay pot and work through something like this. Like me that has all my flaws and the cracks and the breaks that are here from 50 years of life and missing along the way. But the blood has covered it now. And now because it's covered by the blood, he's saying I'll take that fragile clay pot and I'll put my spirit in it. And I'll use it as a vessel to fulfill my will in the earth. The already established will of God. I'll do it through your life. If you'll just yield. Jesus in your name. Come on, he's wanting to use you. He's desiring to work in, with, and through you. Would you be willing to cast every care on him? Would you be willing to fall upon the rock and be broken? Would you be willing to afresh and anew surrender dominion in your life and say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Rule and reign in my heart. Rule and reign in my life. I desire the will of God in the earth as it already is in heaven. In this hour, I desire to see the will of God throughout these valleys. And I'm availing myself by your grace to be an available vessel for you to work through among us today, Lord. You're no respecter of persons. There's not any one of us that's a more qualified clay vessel than the other. We're all just clay vessels before you. And we pray, Father, today your will in these vessels, your will in these earthen vessels, Father, in this hour, that the established will of God would be wrought through our lives for your glory, for your purpose, Father, for your kingdom, Father, that you would be exalted. Jesus. Come on, he can use you. He wants to use you. He wants to work through your life. 
don't disqualify yourself. The power is in the spirit. As Brother Lewis said, the power is in the spirit. It's not in the vessel. It's, it's in the spirit. We're simply the conduit that the spirit works through. We're the conduit that the spirit works through. I pray your kingdom come. I pray your will be done in earth as it already is in heaven. The will that you have established and ordained for my workplace. The will that you had established and ordained for my family. God, I know you have a will for my home. I know you have a will for my job. I know you have a will in these valleys. I pray that will be done in and with and through each one of us. I pray the operating of your spirit through each one of us. I pray the stripping away of the deceptions of the adversary where we would not be able to see ourselves being used of you. But I pray today fresh revelation and understanding, Lord, that we can be the vessel through which the will of God is wrought in the earth, that we are a chosen vessel through which your will is accomplished in our workplace, that we are vessels unto you. Jesus in your name. Jesus 